Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Yeah, guys, futures that are, you know, uncertain, you know, myself included. Uh, that's what's sad about it most. So how do you go on from here? I mean, you kind of stayed on some of the realities a minute ago. So how do you go on from here? How do you how do you take the next step? Yeah, Bill, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I really don't. Uh, there's a lot of unknowns going into this off season now, and. I just, I'm going to have to take some time away for sure and, and clear my head and just kind of see what's going on with everything. But it's, uh, it's pretty tough right now. You know, back when the Packers traded up to draft quarterback Jordan Love in April, in the aftermath of that, there was a lot of speculation. How much longer would Aaron Rodgers be with the team? How is this going to end? It's not going to end well. He had Brett Favre acting as kind of a surrogate to the media because he spoke to Favre, and then Favre did different radio shows saying that Aaron should be upset and disrespected. And and then it all died down when the season came along, and everything was great. Everything was fine. He right. played better than ever. He had an MVP season, and that's what made yesterday's comments that came out of the blue – unprompted nobody asked him a single question about his future with the team how much longer he's going to play with the Packers it all was something he brought up when he veered into the line a lot of guys futures are uncertain myself included and then he had the longer answer about taking some time to think things through I started seeing tweets from people who have covered the Packers for years who were interpreting in the moment the comments of Aaron Rodgers as some sort of a farewell. That was stunning to me. That's the last thing I thought we'd be talking about coming out of that game. I thought this season showed us this guy's all in, and he's going to be all in next year, and he's going to be all in the year after that, and Jordan Love is going to become Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's going to get traded in his fourth season. And this is just the thing that kickstarts the second act of Aaron Rodgers, just like Jimmy G kickstarted the second act of Tom Brady. That's what made yesterday's comments so stunning to me because they came so far at a left field. They cut against everything that we had believed as the season unfolded. And now here we are back where we were in April. How much longer is he going to play for the Packers? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, everything you said is right there. I mean, yeah, he's all in, MVP, all that. This is the problem, though. Here's the problem. You just said it perfectly, Mike. You're right. He's all in MVP year. But you know what? The team's not all in on him. They're not. I, I don't even know what to say. They're not. I mean, how long are you going to abuse the guy and just ask him to carry the team? I mean, there we are. It's championship Sunday. Oh, the quarterback with the least amount of weapons is ding, 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 Aaron Rodgers once again in Championship Sunday. All the other quarterbacks got top-tier weapons everywhere. Aaron Rodgers has got Devontae Adams. Yes. Who's good? 
Really good. There's no doubt. He ain't Tyree Kill. Top Hill. 10. He Top ain't Tyree Kill. I ain't Mike Evans. I don't think he's on their level of those guys. But either way, I, I th that's where he's got to feel. And how can he not feel devastated? Yeah, he's devastated. Yes, he's got to watch the guy that always goes to the Super Bowl go to the Super Bowl. And he got to watch him play in a game where he went, man, he didn't even play good, and he's going to win. I played really good. I threw a strike, and it was pass interference, and it got intercepted, and that was the only mistake I made all game long. And we had a drop touchdown by Devontae Adams and all those. He's, he's got to be as devastated as an athlete as I, you can ever be around right now. He has to be. Nobody has done more for an organization and their history of my lifetime to this point, and the return favor is nothing back, always. And for Aaron Rodgers, and he's, he's I'm sure, at his wit's end right now, Mike. Well, and one aspect to it, which we discussed last hour, carry us, carry us, carry us, carry us until it's fourth and goal from the eighth season on the line. We'll, we'll kick the field goal and ride our defense. We don't need you to carry us in this moment, which is a little bit of a twist of the knife at that point. Like, you want me to carry you. I've led us back from this deficit, and you're not going to let me finish the job? Are you kidding me? So I think that's percolating around in there, too. But, you know, there's two ways to interpret what he said yesterday. And the naysayers, and it's amazing to me how many people in this business just don't want to be bothered with a potentially juicy and interesting story that will drive legitimate interest. This isn't clickbait. This is real bait. He put it out there. He put it out there for all of us to notice. So either he gave into the emotion of the moment and had no forethought whatsoever to what he said, or, and, and I'm going to go with the or because he's a smart guy. He knew there was a chance they were going to lose. He knew there was no guarantee that that was a victory. He knew he was going to be meeting with the media. He surely has thought through every angle about what his future could be, would be, should be next year if they lost that game yesterday. And for him to throw out there that his future is uncertain. You know, when he addressed the issue of his future last week and said it's a beautiful mystery, he was addressing it from the context of the team. Like maybe the team won't want him, which was just kind of weird. It's like, come on, Aaron. Have you have you not looked at your stats this year? Have you not watched any of your film? They want you next year. Yesterday it flipped for me, Chris, over to does he want yeah. to be there? Right. And and it, it's amazing how many people have failed to notice that football has changed. You just don't slam the door in the guy's face when he's a franchise quarterback who doesn't want to be there anymore. We've spent the last three weeks talking about Deshaun Watson. Matthew Stafford's getting out of Detroit. Ben Roethlisberger may work his way out of Pittsburgh if that's what he chooses to do. It's still way too early to know what he wants to do. But Aaron Rodgers, he told us yesterday with his words that this is in play. He hasn't made the decision yet, but it's in play. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, listen, he's speaking from a point of just total gut-wrenching defeat. His soul is crying I mean, so we got to be careful about reading too deep into to any of this. There's but no he doubt. Said it. But he did say it, and he's very smart, and he does realize what he's saying. I don't deny that at all, Mike. I'm with you there. And it's something that I'm sure he's thought about in depth way before this comment or before this. So he's a he's a deep guy. We know. I mean, most people we talk to tell you, like, hey, Rogers is one of those guys that's like he walks in the room, he's – it's he's the smartest guy in the room, you know, other than maybe a few special rooms here and there. But I, he's just got to be beaten down by the constant. Well, Aaron Rodgers can't do it. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you can. Oh, he's never been to another Super Bowl. He's only been to one when it's just the exact opposite. It's just the team constantly letting him down, whether it's letting a guy just run a go route before halftime or not going for it on fourth down or the running back fumbled in an easy catch over the middle to start the half. You know, we can go through history, too, and I can start to lay out moments where the team, you know, doesn't help him out. And, you know, even LaFleur's comments about, you know, who was over the top, you know, praising Rodgers. I, I hope he doesn't leave. He's the heart and soul of our football team and all that. You know, yes. But, see, that's the problem, too. That, that's the problem in Green Bay. There is nothing. There's no culture. It's always been just about one guy. It's always been, here's Brett Favre and here's Aaron Rodgers. And if they play awesome today, they're 100% game, then we can beat you. But if they play a 99%, whoa, we don't know what the hell's going to happen. And that's really what they've, that's what they've done in Green Bay. Like yesterday, Mike, you watched that game. 
Who on Green Bay is a leader or has attitude? Who? I see Tampa Bay players going crazy, foaming at the mouth, Devin White, Levante David, Shaquille Barrett. People are yelling, showing emotion. Green Bay, it's all like, um, um, I hope Aaron bails us out. Um, um, I hope he bails us out one more time, please. I mean, it's just it's that's the culture up there. And that's why it can't get over the hump and get to a Super Bowl or win it. But he's part of it and he's stayed part of it over the past twelve years. He doesn't know any different. Well, but 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 he's smart enough to see what other quarterbacks are doing, and maybe that's what he's thinking. He sees what Tom Brady did, jumping from a team that didn't have the help around him yeah. to a team that does, right. and what a difference a year makes. And we'll give him the benefit of him being a genius. He's smart enough to think these things through. And look, one of the reasons that that – I, I respect him so much, and I've said this before. I think he and I have a lot more in common than we do oh, yeah. not in common, and Both that may be you. one of the reasons why that, that, uh, we, we, we butt heads. <laughs> but, you know, I, I can't fault him for reacting the way he did, feeling the way he felt right. when they have a first-round pick in a receiver-rich draft, and they need receivers. Receiver-rich draft, first-round pick, they trade up. Oh, we getting a receiver? No, we're getting another quarterback. Well, maybe we'll get a receiver with the second round pick. No, no, we're not going to. Third round pick? No, no, we're not going to do that. Fourth round pick? Oh, wait, we use that to trade up to get the quarterback. The, the, the not drafting any receivers at all last year just felt like a middle finger to him. I mean, it was just weird. It was awkward. And again, I credit him. And I can't help but wonder. Let me psychoanalyze a little bit because, again, I think I have a lot of common with him, although I, I'll submit that he's probably 50 IQ points higher than me. I can understand what what he was thinking going into the season. Yeah. Right. Nothing is going to be gained from being pissy all the time, sorry London, having an attitude, being mad, acting out. He made a deal with himself, I believe, to be the consummate teammate, the consummate soldier. He's going to do everything that's asked of him. He's going all in and he's getting through this season. And then after the season, he's going to take a step back and ask himself, is this where I want to be? What have they done to make me think I want to be here? Right. They are grooming my replacement. Am I going to walk before they run me out of here? And remember, he was there to see what they did to Brett Favre. And make no mistake about it, they went to Brett Favre in February 2008 and said, we need to know right now what you're going to do next season. We need to know right now, right now, tell us right now. Because they knew the answer would be, well, if I have to tell you right now, I'm retired. And then they slammed the door, they barricaded it with furniture, they draft seven quarterbacks, not seven, but two, on top of Aaron Rodgers. And then they just hoped Brett Favre wouldn't show up again. And then it was awkward and it was ugly and it was a bad divorce. And I, 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 he saw all that in an early stage of his career. He saw how it can fall apart. And I think he's decided, I'm not going to sit back and let it happen. Yeah, I, to I me. would bet. I'm going to take the initiative here. And I think yesterday's comments may have been the first step down that path. I, I, I agree with that, Mike. I do. You know, one, he's seen Brady, he's seen Peyton Manning do it, right? Both guys left, went to better teams, had better supporting casts, and, you know, did some special things in their career in their second spots. I mean, Brady's is not over yet. This was only year one in the new team. So I'm sure he looks at that, and that gives that's going to give any quarterback, like in these situations, confidence going forward. There's no doubt about that. And then, you know, yeah. Listen, we know, okay, Aaron Rodgers, the starting quarterback this year for the Green Bay Packers. But I think what he's trying to say, too, is like, listen, they did draft a quarterback. I mean, we're coming down to things are the uncertain time. It's one of these next year or two, and they're going to have to start thinking about something. So, yeah, it is uncertain because at the very most, it's two years from now. All right, so Rodgers, a year in advance, is going to start thinking, like you said, Maybe I should control how this goes a little bit, and maybe I need to get out a year early or just see where it goes or either way. I don't expect that to happen, but I expect him to take a little time, take a deep breath. And, you know, you might – you said it, Mike. I mean, it's disrespectful that they didn't get any – I know they're in the NFC Championship game. Anybody who will tell you there's a big difference between getting to the NFC Championship game and being a Super Bowl winner. There's a huge difference in your football team in that aspect. You've heard that a million times from coaches, all that. They did nothing to help this team out this year. Nothing really. Okay, yeah, A.J. Dillon had three carries yesterday. That was the contribution from last year's draft in that game. Thank you.
Thank you. I mean, even defenders, pass rushers, anything would have made him probably feel a little bit better to go, wait, at least that'll help our defense and contribute. But instead, it's the second year in a row we leave an NFC championship game where they were bullied, out physical, and, you know, it's just too much relying on one guy to win football games, and that's just not going to get it done in the ultimate team sport. And what's so weird about last year, his press conference afterward, and we ran a link to it in a story we posted last night. He was upbeat. He was positive. He said, this is the year that football became fun again, and we're going to get one of these sooner rather than later. That was pre-Jordan Love. He went into the offseason with a very bright and positive and optimistic viewpoint about the things they could do to improve their team, to close the gap between themselves and the 49ers. And what did they do? They invested two picks of one and a four in his replacement. So how do you not feel slighted by that if you're Aaron Rodgers? I credit him for internalizing it. I credit him for turning it into a positive. I credit him for having one of the best quarterback seasons we've ever seen. But now it's over. And now we're back to where we were. And he's got to decide, just like you said, am I going to let this play out the way they want it to? Or am I going to make it play out the way I want it to? And that's why we need to watch and wait and see what happens. You made another point, too, about the Packers. You know, I've had this take about the Vikings that they're they're content to be just good enough. They're content to be 9-7, and 10-6, and six, make it to the playoffs every other year, exit quickly, whatever. The Packers arguably are content to be just great enough. Seems like it. Not, not Super Bowl winner, but, hey, well, we go to the NFC Championship game. Well, so what? One of these years you got to get to a Super Bowl and win it. And I don't know whether this traces back to the absence of a single owner yes. who can hold people accountable yes. every day, every day, every day. Yes. But there's something there that's keeping them from being what they can be, especially with one of the great quarterbacks of all time on their roster. I, I mean, I, I agree. And I think any real – like, real, like Mike, I, again, Green Bay has done so many good things. They're, they're a top-notch organization. And I know we're being negative on them right now. And I'm probably extra negative because I love Aaron Rodgers and I feel like he's been cheated. So sorry. You're going to have to deal with that personal aspect of it. But <laughs> I, 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 yes, because I feel like an owner, one, is going to push the team over to make aggressive decisions and then also push them over to go, wait, what, what? We're going to draft a quarterback? Our quarterback's still one of the three or four best in the game. What are we doing? Or the owner is going to go, wait, we got this quarterback. We need to get all these players and receivers around him and, and really accentuate what he has. That's when the owner does come in handy. He realizes like, whoa, I got a big shiny diamond here. I know diamonds. I'm a billionaire. So let me start getting some, you know, nice gold <laughs> settings and platinum settings around it to make it look pretty. That's one thing I know they can do. And that's where it just doesn't seem to ever happen in Green Bay. And what, what, what you will hear from those in the media who would just not be bothered with this storyline, even though it's been dropped into our laps by Aaron Rodgers, you will hear they won't trade him and they can't trade him. Because trading him would trigger a $31 million cap charge. And I got a couple of points to make about that. Yeah. First, first, trading him would, and, and you can see the whole story at PFT where I break it all down, but here are the highlights. If you trade him, you're taking a $31.5 million cap charge this year. If you keep him, you're taking a $37.5 million cap charge this year. So you actually save $6 million in cap space. Right. And $23 million or so in cash by trading him. So it's, it's not a crippling cap hit because, if anything, you have to do more work to put a team on the field if you have Aaron Rodgers and you're paying him his $23 million compensation package. Secondly, and I think this is the thing, this is the moment where I had the eureka. This is where the light bulb went on for me last night as I was thinking this through. You can trade him after June 1. And if you trade him after June 1, yeah. the cap charge for this year is $14.3 million, mm-hmm. And you push the rest of it to next year when the pandemic won't have kept the numbers down. The salary cap's going to be 180. We can take a $14 million cap charge this year. And people say, oh, they can't trade him June 2. Everybody has their quarterbacks by then. They have their offseason program. Folks, do you really think there's going to be an offseason program? Do you, do you really think there's going to be one when they've already – They've already canceled the scouting combine. Do you think there's going to be an offseason program this year? Do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to miss anything? So what you do, Chris, we see it all the time now before the start of the league year. Teams work out trades, and when do they do them? Not that day. They can't. They do it the first day of the league year. Right. So if a trade's going to happen, and again, it's a big if, but, but I'm just saying don't just dismiss it out of hand like, oh, they'll never do it. You work it out. 
in March and you do it on June 2nd. Yeah. What? When the cap hit would only be $14 million instead of 31. Whoa. There's an easy way to do this right. if you decide, if you're the Packers, and, and and please spare me the idea that this is something the Packers would want to do. This isn't a Packers-motivated decision. No. This is Rodgers, exactly. part owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, acting like an NBA player. Yeah, no, I, I and that's really what, what to watch for here. You know, like you said, all those things you laid out exactly right. The big thing is, is it's if Rodgers doesn't want to play there anymore, then then he doesn't want to play there anymore. There, there's Green Bay is going to be in a tough spot, you know. And again, we've talked about this like with Deshaun Watson. Man, when you have a franchise quarterback in a locker room and he ain't happy and he's the best player in your team and he's not happy and now he's talking crap about the GM and the coaches and how crappy this place is, watch your team play like crap on Sundays and fall apart during the season. That is what will will happen. I don't know if he's willing to go that far. But either way, I think it's safe to say, sitting here Monday after a championship Sunday, that Rodgers is pissed off, he's hurt, and everything has kind of come to this, you know, pinnacle right now of feeling cheated and mad and everything about what's gone on in Green Bay. Let's, to, to put any question to rest as to where the Packers are coming from, let's hear from Matt LaFleur after the game regarding this possibility, as brought up by Rodgers, that he may not be back next year. I sure as hell hope so. Uh, I mean, guys, the MVP of this league, he is the heart and soul of our football team. So, hell yeah, he better be back here. Uh, he's our leader. And, you know, just so appreciative of him buying into what we're trying to get done around here and, and leading that group. Yeah, I mean, they want him back without question. He they does. want to be able to decide when to move on from him. That's the key. Right. They want to continue to hold all the cards. They don't want him grabbing the cards out of their hands and saying, we're going to do it my way. It's that simple. And you know what? Here's another thing to not rule out, Chris. Yeah. I know it may sound, I know it may sound a little goofy, but that's okay. It's never stopped me in the past. He's going to be a guest host on Jeopardy. And the full list of guest hosts is out. Katie Couric, Bill Whitaker from 60 Minutes, Mayim Bialik from the Big Bang Theory show, and I think she's on another show now, and Aaron Rodgers. That's it. Now, if this is some sort of group of finalists or whatever, I don't know. They're going to be guest hosts for Jeopardy. I think at some level he thinks he's got the chops to do it, and maybe he does, and maybe he just says, see you later. I'm done. I'm out. I'm just going to retire. The door's open for me to host Jeopardy, and I'm going to go do it. I mean, we can't rule that side of it out either. Well, I, I mean, you're right, but I, I just I don't see that with him this level of play still, you know, arguably still towards the top of football. I just think it'll be hard, and I still think, you know, he he's like we've talked about, Mike. He just he's very in reality and understands the conversation around him, and I think he's going to go down trying to win one more Super Bowl. I don't think he's ready to give up that fight. Uh, at least not yet. And, and last thing, Mike, just with the Lafleur comments, you know, Lafleur, you could tell he really likes Aaron Rodgers with that comment right there. I mean, you could tell he's basically saying, "Listen, we're not here if we don't have that guy. They, he's the heart and soul of our football team. Everything they do is predicated through him and what he does on the field, how he leads guys off the field, all of those things. You know, I still don't know. I don't know this." For sure, but I don't think Lafleur was in on wanting to draft the Jordan Love quarterback thing and get in this situation, anyways. I've been led to believe that by a lot of people in the league. So, he, I think he's in a situation where he's literally saying, "Like, man, I didn't do this. I love you. You're the man. Now you need to come back. You're the heart and soul of the team." I mean, he looked like he was getting emotional and almost going to cry there a little bit because I think he understands too the broad picture that surrounds Aaron Rodgers and that it's not fair that people talk about him as, oh, yeah, he can't win the championship game and all that stuff. Between him, Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford, possibility of Ben Roethlisberger moving on to another team, although I think it's slim, this offseason is going to be chock full of quarterback storylines. And, and again, I would have never brought this up today. It never would have been an issue if he didn't say what he said yesterday and if it wasn't accompanied by observations from people who have been covering that team for years that it felt like the beginning of a goodbye from Aaron Rodgers, which was stunning 
to me. All right, let's take a break. Superlatives coming out of conference championship weekend when PFT Live continues right after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm just pretty gutted. Um, you know, it's a long season. You put so much into it <clears throat> to get to this point. Uh, and then, you know, the way, you know, we had our chances, so, you know, you know not um, different position in the last couple of these where we got blown out and didn't really have a chance, you know, they went up three scores, we battled back with a couple scores, defense came up with some big turnovers, and, you know, we had a lot of chances, so, um, but yeah, overall, just pretty gutted. A little more from Aaron Rodgers yesterday, the deflation of coming so close, having that NFC Championship game at home for the first time in his career, now 1-4 in, in NFC Championship games with that one Super Bowl appearance now 10 years ago, Super Bowl 45, the victory over the Steelers. Superlatives times, Chris, uh, coming out of Conference Championship weekend, I'll give you the first crack. Well, um, you know, the doctor always said two rockets up your butt is good, but three is really what you want. And I'll go with the old Tyreek Hill. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I'm saying that. But Tyreek Hill, again yesterday, yeah, the best receiver in the NFL, the number one weapon in the league. I, I don't care what you want to call him, receiver, weapon, whatever the hell it is. When the balls is in, in, his, in his hands, watch out. And I just think that's what jumps out to me more than anything. And it just uh, we haven't hit on that aspect a whole lot. But Tyree Kill, what he brings to the game, not only stretching the defense, but you know, plays like we saw on the 71-yard reception. It's a you mentioned it to start the show. It's a four-yard throw over the middle. You know, and then he turns on the afterburners and then turns on the other afterburner. And then that third one, right? That gives him the elite speed and runs all the way across the field and does all these special things. It's just uh for for as awesome as we know Mahomes is, it's just the tandem of Hill and, of course, Kelsey are so special to go along with it. And it's really just the perfect tandem of guys to go with that type of quarterback. And Tyree Kill, even though he's not the biggest and doesn't have the best hands in football and is not a greatest route runner in football, man, I don't know. You still give me the first pick or one pick to take any receiver in the game. I'm, I think I'm going him first right now. At the NFL level, you rarely see a player make other professional athletes look like the awkward kid on the schoolyard yeah, trying right. to catch the best right. athlete in the class, right? But that's what he did, twisted guys around. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know which way they were looking. They didn't know what to do. That's what that suddenness, the speed, the acceleration, everything he has, that's what that does to a defensive back. All right, I'm going to stay with that same game because – uh, Patrick Mahomes is the captain of the toe. Uh, the, uh, captain of the toe? I thought toe? he had a con the captain of the toe. <laughs> he had the toe injury. Whatever happened to his toe injury? He they, they said before the game he had a shoe that was a half size larger. He had a pad in it. He seemed fine to me. 
He seemed like normal Patrick Mahomes. All that talk about the concussion. All that talk about the toe. Is he going to be the same guy? Is he going to be limping around? These were all legitimate points to make. There was a report yesterday morning that he wasn't 100% because of the toe, and maybe he didn't have that same explosion that, that we've seen from him in the past, but he's, the same. He, he's just still Patrick Mahomes. He's playing his game. He's doing his thing. And in the playoffs, it's a higher level. Toe injury or not, concussion or not, he's just he's just incredible. And how many of these Super Bowls is he going to get to? We're talking about Tom Brady in 10. This guy's 25 years old, and he's on number two. And even though the AFC has a lot of great teams, their ability to just find that switch whenever they need to against great teams, and not just win, but overpower them. I mean, was there a point yesterday – after the Chiefs took the lead, no. fourteen to nine, Chris, were you ever thought the Chiefs no. were going to lose the game? No, I and I'm I mean I was really having a hard time thinking that when it was nine nothing Buffalo. I kept going. I don't think there's a chance unless maybe Kansas City makes another mistake here and like you know fumbles the ball and then they go up some miraculously seventeen nothing. But no, you're right. And once it went to fourteen nine, it just the way the game looked. You went wait. One team looks faster. One team looks more physical and they're the team that just won the Super Bowl and they have Patrick Mahomes. So you just went, eh, they're not, there's no way Buffalo's gonna win. It just it never felt like it was a threat all game long. By the way, you didn't get my reference. Captain of the Toe is a I, Seinfeld thing. I Captain was, of the Toes, it's a Seinfeld bit and then sometimes the second toe grows longer than the big toe and oh, it's a right. toe. Right. It's old. It's old. Like I didn't me. remember that all episode, right. but I figured it was some play on some, you know, old obscure movie or something that yeah. none of us have ever seen. Well, uh, <laughs> first, it's, it's a it's an old, not obscure TV show right. that was thrust back into relevance over the weekend for reasons completely unrelated to Seinfeld. But go ahead. Okay. But, well, but he was directly involved in it. Um, polish and confidence. That's my next one because that's what the old Tom Brady did for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's like, hey, we knew Bruce. We, listen, we were at the Super Bowl last year. And what, remember Matt Ryan? All, he talked about, we did an interview, all he talked about was how good the Bucs were. The Bucs, I don't know, that might have been the best defense we played last year. The Bucs, the Bucs, the Bucs, the Bucs. You know, there was something missing from that team. Tom Brady came there, and it's like execution went up a little bit. He's gotten everybody on the same page, a little bit more adversity in the offense. And then, you know, he gave everybody in the organization confidence. It just doesn't matter what game it is. We got 12. We can, we can win this game no matter what it is. He's clutch. He's Brady. And he did that to jumpstart that team yesterday. Oh, we're playing Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers up in Green Bay. They don't lose. Oh, don't worry. The first few third downs of the game, I'll just throw strikes and we'll move the ball down the field. Loosen everybody up. Make us feel like we belong and we can win this football game. And that's where Brady's amazing. He's I know I don't say he's the greatest of all time. He's the clutchest of all time. I've never seen anybody better under pressure in big moments, whatever it is. He doesn't blink, and he brought polish and confidence to that organization that they've never had, and that's why they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely, and, and it was the perfect spot for him, and it took a while to make it work, but they did. And that's my next one. This is the uh, – I had a good name for it, and then I, I kind of got twisted up in my brain – Basically, don't complain about a late buy award because this was the perfect year to have the latest possible buy. You'll hear teams say, oh, we got a buy week, week 12, week 10, week whatever. Oh, this year with no offseason program, with no preseason games, and you're putting this new group together with Tom Brady coming in to have a week 13 buy after Thanksgiving. That's how late it was. It was the week after Thanksgiving week that they had their buy. They were seven and five going into their buy. They are 7-0 and on the other side of their buy. And having that break when they had it, the opportunity to take a step back, to figure out what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, where they need to improve, what is coming for them, December football. That was the big critique that Bruce Arians had last year of Jameis Winston. The inability to step up in the month of right, December. Right. They were seven and seven. It fell apart. He had all the interceptions. He'd been with other quarterbacks who stepped up in December. This team stepped up in December, and it stepped up even more in January. Three straight road wins to get to the Super Bowl, which we, they will get to play at home. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It really is. Home Super Bowl. Uh, it's an amazing accomplishment for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, and and to put this team together. I don't care how good it was or anything like that. With no, you know, off season OTAs, all of that, 
and they consistently got better to where, hey, again, we saw it during the year, right? There was many a times a year where we were like, man, when the Bucks are good, are they the best team in football? I mean, we really we said that a number of times. Then they'd have a game where you'd go, oh, that looked ugly. I don't know what they are quite yet. But we knew their potential was big time, and they finally have reached it. Uh, and it, it's amazing to see. It really is. Um, I think my next one is going to go to the the Forgotten Unit Award. Um, and that, that's the Chiefs secondary. Uh, another, you know, just a, another part of that team that sometimes goes under the radar, gets swept under the radar big time. Yes. Yes. Uh, because of all the superstars there. But yesterday, you see Josh Allen and that offense. We heard Chris Jones in a clip last week say, they remind me of our team a few years ago. They can score on anybody. Well, the Chiefs defense just continues to rise to challenges, always. Oh, you know, last week it's stopping the two-headed monster running game, no problem. This week it's stopping, you know, one of the most explosive right arms and best receiver combos in football with digs and all that. They're on them like glue all game long, all game long. I'm playing man-to-man. I mean, how many times did Romo and Nance show clips last night of, you know, Josh Allen scrambling and the play's been going on for five seconds and nobody's still open? Nobody. Now, so that Chiefs secondary has continued to get better. You know, when you talk about Breland, Chavarius Ward, Legarius Sneed, Rashawn Fenton, Thornhill, Matthew, Sorensen, man, they got a, got a lot of good versatility there and a lot of good players. A lot of credit to that unit that sometimes doesn't get the, uh, the credit it deserves. Yeah, when you're on a team with Patrick Mahomes and that offense, it's very easy for the defense to be overlooked. But they had to do their part. Otherwise, it was going to be a shootout. And they put the clamps on Buffalo after the 9-0 start. They scored some points later once it was it, it was it was just over at that point. But uh, uh, great, balanced team, and they're going to be very difficult to beat in Tampa Bay. Last one for me, the 268 for 268 award, because I can't believe here we are the day after yeah. the conference championships have ended. All 256 regular games played, regular season games played in the 17 weeks. They had to do a little surgery to move some games around, but they got 256 in as they were supposed to. All postseason games have gone off without a hitch other than the Browns-Steelers game, but the Browns won that game without their head coach on the sideline. So the the pandemic has not – it's amazing to me when you consider how bad it is, the number of deaths right now, the stories that we see uh, about the communities that are still ravaged by it. How in the hell did the NFL pull this off? I think a lot of luck was involved, but also their ability to pivot, to be flexible, and to have that attitude that we know people are going to get it but we're just going to have protocols in place to keep it from spreading once they they get it and they're tested positive and there's still donut holes and windows and opportunities for it to spread. They did a great job of keeping it from spreading, and now they got one more game. And the problem is they got two weeks. I'd really – I'd just want to play this game. I'd want to play this game tonight if I was the NFL, but uh, I, I'm sure they would love to just play it coming up this Sunday because who knows what's going to happen over the course of the next two weeks. Do you think it's like – an advantage or disadvantage for Tampa to be there at the – is it like a distraction at all for you, you know, in, like in your mind when you think about them, them being at the Super Bowl site for the next two weeks and the other team? No, because there's nothing going to happen. I guess Nothing's not, going right? to happen. I it's guess. not a Super Bowl site. No, yep. I know. And it just I guess people will be starting to go in and you'll start to see the pageantry of it all and mm. and it's not the same. I'm though. not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. Right. I'm, I think that, you know – I'm sure we will still see images of people doing things that they shouldn't be doing, like gathering in large crowds. But a lot of the traditional Super Bowl stuff, I'd say most of it, if not all of it, is just not going to be part of this. And the Chiefs are going to stay in Kansas City. We reported this last month. The teams from out of the city are going to treat it like a normal road game to Tampa. Now, I think they'll let them come no earlier than Friday uh, to Tampa. But, yeah, the Bucs... They'll be staying at home all week. They're keeping them in their normal routine at their facility, go home, no hotel stays, and they're just going to trust that what they've done all season long is going to work. And look, if, if you, regardless of how seriously or not a team took the protocols throughout the regular season, now is the time when you're down to two teams where Definitely. it's on everyone, all yeah. the team leaders. Do you think Tom Brady's not going to wear out everyone on that roster to make sure they go straight home into a room, seal the door, and stay there until the time comes to go to work the next morning? 
Yeah, I, I would think everybody is – there's comments made after the game to be extra careful, do all that. You're right. I mean, there's Super Bowl trophy, rings, legacies. They're all on the line here for both of these teams. And I think both of these teams are the type of teams that realize it, want it, understand their own legacies around it and all that too. So I, I, I don't expect to hear anything bad, at least knock on wood. I hope not. When the Buccaneers had their late bye, that was one of the first things Bruce Arians expressed concern about that bye week creating opportunities for guys to get infected. So they've been there not that long ago and they just slip back into that mode and hope that it all works out. And, uh, you know, every team's been stung by it at one point or another, except the Seahawks, I believe, but uh, they got every reason to button it up over the course of the next 13 days. All right, we're going to take a break. When we return unsung heroes draft coming out of championship weekend, we'll do that next here on pro football talk. Live. That was a tremendous win right there, Daddy. And it all comes down to one person, one person only, Tom Brady right there. And without him, we didn't have a, wouldn't have had a confidence. And we, 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 I mean, Don was calling the offense. He even called a couple plays on defense. That's what, it's, uh, that's what it does, Daddy. That, that's what Tom Brady is all about. Anyway, without him, we don't have this trophy right here. That's a big deal right there. Uh, Super Bowl, we're going to come play home. It's going to be a fantastic game. Come on, Daddy, let's go. I, I, I. <laughs> That well, too like much Bruce of a Arians. southern twang in there. I, I think it was more like George Bush on crack. <laughs> I, I, I there was some of that. <laughs> All right. Uh, draft time. Unsung heroes. Trivia question for you, Chris. Tom Brady has 18 touchdown passes in Super Bowl history. That's clearly the most. Who's number two? Jeez. I mean... I feel like this is so easy that maybe it's not easy. I just want to rack this in my brain for four seconds here. I mean, I'm I'm Joe Montana. Okay. Why'd you even have to think? I don't that? know. I was like, man, am I missing somebody? I just wanted to make sure I wasn't, you know, it was so obvious. I just thought it was too easy. So I wasn't sure there. Um, all right. My first pick, Unsung Heroes draft. Well, I think I'm going to have to go to Jermaine Whitehead. Uh, uh, the safety, the guy who made big-time plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday. I think that would be my number one pick for a guy. Listen, for, forced two fumbles yesterday. We know that. One of which Green Bay recovered, luckily. Um, but I, I still think that play he makes to start the second half, you know, that, that could arguably be told as the, the biggest play of the football game. You know, it's 21 to 10. That puts them up 18 points, gives them the ball in the eight-yard line. And really, it wasn't more – it was more about that play. It was up to that point. He was flying around the field all game long, all game long throwing his body around and doing things like that. And it's it's the difference in the game altogether. The Bucks looked like they were ready to put it all on the line yesterday, and the Packers weren't necessarily. So I'm going to give him the first pick. Yeah, I think that makes sense. He exited, I think, what with a, was it a, a shoulder? shoulder? Right, a shoulder so. injury and didn't return. They'll yeah. need him back, and they didn't have Antoine Winfield Jr. either. That was a late scratch from an injury he suffered late in the week. I'm going to start with, and there's so many I could choose from Yeah, there here. is. Um, I'm going to go with Frank Clark. The Chiefs pass rusher had a couple of sacks of Josh Allen. This gets back to the point you were talking about earlier. The defense gets overlooked. And when you praise the defense, you pick the secondary. And when we think of the line, we think of Chris Jones. It was Frank Clark who bottled up Josh Allen. Not an easy thing to do. So I got to give Frank Clark some props. And if that pass rush can can get to Tom Brady. Now we know that the bigger issue is up the middle. They got Chris Jones to come up the middle. They got Frank Clark to come around the edge. That could be uh, a factor in Super Bowl 55. It was really one of the factors of the game last night that maybe we didn't hit on enough when we really broke it down. Because – Think about what we saw, Mike. I mean, that's a great pick by you with Frank Clark. I'm with you. That Chiefs D line, you know, we, we we didn't see Josh Allen really make any of the magic we've seen him make all year last night. You know, when he did get out in the run, it was like, whoa, he's running for his life. It wasn't like he had escaped the pocket and now there was enough time for him to kind of casually jog and wait for people to get open. It was more like, I got to run away from these guys, and if I throw it, I'm going to have to throw it at full speed because they're going to hit me. And it just, they were all over him all night. I thought it was a tremendous job by them. So good pick by you. Here's, here's Frank Clark's line from last night after uh, they beat the Bills and now Tom Brady is next. I don't got nothing to say to him. I'll see his ass on Sunday in the Super Bowl. That's the message from Frank Clark. That's what I love about the Chiefs, too. They back down from no one. I love it. I love that attitude that Chris Jones, Frank Clark have 
They're not in there to be friends with the team they're going to play. They want it to be a fight and personal when they play them. There's a Michigan thing, too, though. I don't know if he's violating oh. some sort of protocol, but that's a Michigan connection. They both went there. Uh, well, careful. we know Wolverines are feisty as hell. When there's a, a Tiffany Lombardi's trophy in the line, they are got to fight it out, so they'll have to figure that out themselves. I, I, I'm going to go to you know two pass rushers on the other side. You know, as far as the the other Super Bowl team, the Buccaneers, JPP, Shaq Barrett, unsung heroes. I mean, wow, they just owned the tackles for the Green Bay Packers all day yesterday. You know, forget that they both had, you know, multiple sacks, but it was the amount of other plays where Rodgers had to move or felt uncomfortable in the pocket because they collapsed the tackle spot too. Constantly made plays or at least had their presence felt throughout the game, even when Rodgers did escape the pocket. It was a little like we talked about with Josh Allen. He had people breathing down his neck to where he couldn't, like, set up and now manipulate the coverage and throw his typical lasers because these guys were all over him. But they, they, to me, were the difference in the football game. The fact that, really, the Bucks never had to get into that desperate, we got a blitz because we have no answer right now versus the offense it never happened and we we talked about it. like we saw you know we talked about it in the Washington game and other games this year when you pick up their blitz there's holes there but they didn't have to blitz a whole lot yesterday and and their D-line really dominated what is a very good offensive line of the Green Bay Packers I thought about making my next pick Scotty Miller but he's not unsung he's sung that was a big moment we knew about it we talked about it it resonated into halftime he got the credit the guy I'm going to pick from that Buccaneers receiving core is the guy who quite possibly won't be there next year, yeah. Chris Godwin. Yeah. Five catches, 110 yards, including a 52-yarder. He led by double everyone else. Mike Evans had 51. Godwin was incredibly good, and and I there was a report yesterday they want Antonio Brown next year. Yeah, because it's going to be Mike Evans and Antonio Brown. I think Chris Godwin is going to get paid on the open market an amount that the Buccaneers won't match. I don't know that the franchise tag will be right. – a possibility uh, he may just walk away and uh, they may have to let him walk away because they've got that roster behind him that they can just bump up. They, they can't keep everybody. Right. And you know, like you said, Scotty Miller's damn good. They got good damn tight ends. They got Antonio Brown, right. Who I don't think is going to be able to command a huge price either. And will probably be very happy just to be in the NFL and be there a part of a Super Bowl team with Brady and all that. So yeah, you just, you can't do it all. But M Mike, I'm glad you picked him because I wasn't sure. I, I was probably going to pick him next. I mean, to me, that game, 7-7, it, it looked like, whoa, Green Bay looks like they got a little momentum here. It's a third and what was it, nine? And Brady throws a jump ball. I mean, the safety's deeper than the receiver. He's in the spot to catch the ball. It's not a good throw. It's not a good decision. But it just, again, is – it's an it's it's what is this our 10th example of a 50 50 play where the Tampa guy made the play and the Green Bay guy couldn't it's just you just go through it yesterday it's just one after another and that was a huge moment because what happened the next play Fournette touchdown bam and that'll be my next pick Leonard Fournette I'm gonna go with him as my unsung hero I am was, am I done was that my third pick or my fourth pick I can't even remember I think okay, it's your good. third no you're yeah. good you're but good Fournette you know a guy that's been a lot of people have talked crap about him, and yeah, he didn't live up to the billing of the fourth pick in the draft and all that stuff, but yesterday, the big catch on fourth down, the play before they throw the bomb for the touchdown at the end of the half, that was a big moment, but of course, that big run there, you know, and the way he just moved the pile consistently, there were so many runs yesterday where you went, well, there's no hole, but they got five yards, he just mashed it in there. And you went, damn, it's second and five, and there was no hole. It was just the Buccaneers just said, ah, boo, we're going to push you back, and that's the way it is. But good for Leonard Fournette. He deserves it. I got a question for you before I make my pick. Yeah. Do you think that because Tom Brady got away with a couple of those in the first half, just kind of throw it up and it worked out, that that made him more likely to have a couple of those in the second half that got picked off? I think it encourages you, yeah. It's like one of those things where you go – my guys are making plays today. I'm going to give them some chances and do that. You know, and yeah, I think that probably led to him being a hair aggressive. Now, hey, you know, he just got to like the one with the blitz down the right sideline to Evans. You know, he just you just got to stand in there and throw it. Yeah, you might get hit a little, but um, I, I do think you're right about that, Mike. That probably did give him the confidence. 
I think his longevity is so tied to not taking those hits. Yeah. Though. He's made that strategic decision several years ago, and if he's going to keep going to 45 and maybe even beyond, he's got to have that quick trigger and get rid of the ball and live to play another day. I'm going to go with Sean Murphy bunning. He had an interception of Aaron Rodgers, which doesn't happen all that often, and he's got one in each of their postseason games. Right. So it's not just right. unsung for yesterday. He's been a key piece of that defense. That defense just – they keep stepping up when they need to – and uh, they have to in 13 days when they're going to be facing Patrick Mahomes. I, I think this has the potential to be a great, great Super Bowl. I do, too. Um, I, and we're going to begin the process of setting the table for it when this Monday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. All right, on the way out the door, we don't have a whole lot of time left, but what's the first thought that comes to mind for you, Chris, when we think about this Super Bowl 55 matchup of the Chiefs and the Buccaneers? Well, just weapons. I mean, weapons galore. Holy cow. Yeah, two legendary quarterbacks. You know, one's the, the king right now. One used to be the king, but is still damn good. And, man, do they got a lot of playmakers around them. That's what's going to be amazing about the football game. And that's where I'm excited. The first game, when we saw the Chiefs come out, you know, Tyree killed 200 yards in the first quarter, and they had a chance to really blow them out and blow the game away. And then we saw the explosiveness of the Tampa Bay offense kind of answer back, and they had chances to win the game at the very end. So uh, that's where I look forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I think really it's going to come down to what defense makes that one or two play. Because I think both of these quarterbacks are going to make a ton of them. It's just going to be about what defense makes that play to kind of separate their teams. Chiefs have a history of slow starts in postseason games. The Buccaneers had a history for much of 2020 starting slowly in their regular season games. Even after their bye week when they turned it around, they were down 17-0 at the half against the Falcons and figured it out. So it's it's almost like the team that falls behind is like, yeah, this plays right into our hands. We know how to deal with coming back from from deficits. Well, sometimes that play, like we saw with Green Bay yesterday, it plays into your favor because now the offensive play caller just goes, we're behind and I got to start unleashing the kitchen sink and just start calling plays and being aggressive instead of like micromanaging and thinking about every little thing when the game's close sometimes. So that's what can happen. But one of the big things to watch, Mike, too, is, you know, we hit on it. This Chiefs O-line, it's banged up. This Bucks D-line, it's damn good. Um, but at the same time, man, those Bucks DBs had problems covering those Chiefs receivers last time, too. So there's a lot of different elements that are going to be fun to break down with this one. Chiefs are 2-1 and one all time in the Super Bowl, and the Bucks are 1-0. and oh. They're back for the first time in 19 years after they blew out the Raiders. Yeah, Bucks. Talking about that game, plenty over the course of the next two weeks. Everybody have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. See ya. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.